This is the Padre Peregrina podcast. Theology from a wandering priest where you can learn scripture from the fathers and traditional catechisms for free. Join Father David Nix here for shows on church reform and world politics, all from the point of view of apostolic Catholicism, the original founded by Christ. This is RCT number 30, The Results of the Ascension. RCT stands for Roman Catechism of Trent. We are on pages 80 and 81 and 82. My name is Father David Nix. This is the Padre Peregrino podcast. Today's section of the Roman Catechism of Trent, also known as the Catechism of Pius V, is the Creed, Article 6, Section B. The Lord give you his peace, in nomine Patris Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. O heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, who art everywhere present and fillest all things, treasury of good things and giver of life, come and dwell in us and cleanse us of all impurity and save our souls, O good one. In omni patris et spiritus sancti. Amen. Okay, correction from last time. It turns out it will be, at the end of time, Elijah who will come to evangelize the Jews and Enoch for the Gentiles. A church father wrote this. The Jews would believe when the great Elijah would come to them and bring them the doctrine of the faith. The Lord himself said as much, Elijah will come and will restore all things. That's a church father, Theodoret of Seir. Thanks to whoever left the uh, YouTube note to correct me on that. If you need a mnemonic to remember this, you can think of how Enoch, the Catholic rapper, is a Gentile, or at least he's of an Iraqi bloodline, and actually his Catholic bloodline probably goes many, many centuries back, but he's not Jewish is my point. So you can think of Enoch, the Catholic rapper, as your uh, reminder that uh, Enoch will come to evangelize the Gentiles, kind of as his rap music does. And then Elijah or Elias, you might want to think of Father, Father O'Brien's book called Father Elijah. He's sort of a, a fictional end times apocalyptic Catholic novel character who is of a Jewish bloodline before he was a baptized Catholic and a Catholic priest who again is on the scene um, somewhat close to the end of days. So Father Elijah, partly Jewish bloodline, that's how you can remember that after I messed you up last time. So thanks to whoever corrected me on the YouTube notes. Okay, here's the first catechism quote for today. And again, today's subject is the ascension of Jesus, which is the second glorious mystery. Keep in mind as you listen to this that the virtue we pray for in the second glorious mystery, the ascension, is supernatural hope. The catechism reads, The extent and greatness of the unutterable blessings which the bounty of God has showered on us were long before, as the apostle interprets, sung by the inspired David. Ascending on high, he led captivity captive, he gave gifts to men. Psalm 67 and Ephesians 4. For on the tenth day he sent down the Holy Ghost, with whose power and plenitude he filled the multitude of the faithful then present, and so fulfilled that splendid promise, It is expedient to you that I go. For, I, for if I go not, the paraclete will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. John 16:7. He also ascended into heaven, according to the apostle, that he may appear in the presence of God for us, Hebrews 9, 24, and discharge for us the office of advocate with the Father. My little children, says St. John, these things I write to you, that you may not sin. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the just, and he is the propitiation for our sins, 1 John chapter 2. 
There is nothing from which the faithful should derive greater joy and gladness of soul than from the reflection that Jesus Christ is constituted our advocate and the mediator of our salvation with the Eternal Father, with whom his influence and authority are supreme. Finally, by his ascension, he has prepared for us a place, as he had promised, and has entered as our head, in the name of us all, into the possession of the glory of heaven. See John 14.2. Ascending into heaven, he threw open its gates, which had been closed by the sin of Adam, and, as he foretold to his disciples at his last supper, secured to us a way by which we may arrive at eternal happiness. In order to give an open proof of this by its fulfillment, he introduced with himself into the mansions of eternal bliss the souls of the just whom he had liberated from hell. Me for the first time today. The ascension is why, if you're in sanctifying grace, you're already in some sense seated in heavenly places. Here's why. As I mentioned before, there are two bookends of Christ's life. The Annunciation, this is when divinity descends, and the Ascension, which is when humanity ascends. So we have the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation, which is also the Incarnation. That's when divinity descends on earth. And then the Ascension is when Christ's humanity, conjoined to his divinity, ascends in heaven. So of course, you all know this, but think this through just very logically. The Incarnation linked God to a man's body, Well, the ascension links the body of Jesus, in whom every Christian is baptized, to God in heaven. Scott Hahn points out in a talk he gave on Ephesians 2 that seated in the following verse I'm going to share with you is in the present tense in this verse in the Bible. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us, with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So notice right there that St. Paul is writing to the Ephesians who are still on earth, not the dead ones who are actually more alive in Christ if they died in grace. He's writing this to those who are on earth, telling them they are already seated in the heavenly places. Why is that? It's because of the ascension. One of the things Scott Hahn says in this talk, he says, well, If a marble's in a jar and a jar is in a tree, then the marble's in a tree. If you have a jar of marbles and the marble's in the jar and the jar's in the tree, the marbles are also in the tree. Thus, if you're baptized and you're living in grace, you are so connected with the ascended Christ and so incorporated in him if you're living in grace that in some sense, you're already in the presence of God. I'm not saying anyone on earth has the beatific vision, of course, but you are so united to Christ because of the ascension and it is not just his divinity in the presence of God the Father, but even his humanity there. Olivia Clement wrote, By the ascension, the body of Christ, woven of our flesh and of all earthly flesh, entered the realms of the Trinity. Henceforward, the creation is in God. And when the divine spirit ascended, the universe was given life, strength, and stability. But if those quotes are too modern for you, listen to the liturgy. This is from the old Roman canon, containing the propers for the ascension. The priest prays this, We pray in union with and keep the most holy day on which thy only begotten Son, our Lord, set at the right hand of thy glory the substance of our frail human nature which he had taken to himself. Notice what's placed in the presence of the Trinity. It said right there, the substance of our frail human nature. That's pretty amazing. So notice that my weak flesh is already united to Christ in heaven, not because of anything I've done, but because of God's incarnation and the gift of me having been baptized. 
And so this makes me a member of the body of Christ, connected to Christ the head. And who is he connected to? Also all the members of his body on earth, but he's already in heaven. So what does that mean for us? Again, if a marble's in a jar and a jar is in a tree, then in some sense, the marble's already in the tree. So do you see how Christ brought all of our humanity before the Trinity in the ascension, at least those who were baptized? Uh, but it's also true, of course, that we're not there yet. Um, and there, there is an anticipation as we look at the ascension. I'm not saying everything's completed for us who are still in this wayfaring state trying to make it back to God. In fact, the, uh, on the Ascension Thursday, the priest says this in the Collect, Gladden us with holy joys, Almighty God, and make us rejoice with devout thanksgiving for the Ascension of Christ your Son is our exaltation, and where the head has gone before in glory, the body is called to follow in hope. You see, Christ is the head of his church. Listen to that again. Where the head has gone before in glory, the body is called to follow in hope. So this is why the second glorious mystery, we meditate on hope. This is, this is the pledge of where we want to be, body and soul in heaven. So notice there again, Christ, the head is in heaven. And just like birth, where the head goes, the rest of the body will follow. And what is necessary for it to follow? Uh, for it to actually be linked to the head, which is grace. This is why it's so important you stay in grace. The Catechism again, virtues promoted by the ascension. A series of important advantages followed in the train of this admirable profusion of celestial gifts. In the first place, the merit of our faith was considerably augmented, because faith has for its object those things which fall not under the senses, but are far raised above the reach of human reason and intelligence. If, therefore, the Lord had not departed from us, the merit of our faith would not be the same. For Christ the Lord has said, Blessed are they that have not seen and have believed. John 20, 29. In the next place, the ascension of Christ into heaven contributes much to, our, to confirm our hope. Believing that Christ as man ascended into heaven and placed our nature at the right hand of God the Father, we are animated with a strong hope that we as members shall also ascend thither to be there united to our head, according to these words of our Lord himself. Father, I will that where I am, they also whom thou hast given me may be with me. John 17, 24. Another most important advantage is that he has taken our affections to heaven and inflamed them with the Spirit of God. For most truly has it been said that where our treasure is, there also is our heart. Matthew 6, 21. And indeed, were Christ the Lord still dwelling on earth, the contemplation of his human nature and his company was, would absorb all our thoughts, and we should view the author of such blessings only as man and cherish toward him a set a sort of earthly affection. But by his ascension into heaven, he has spiritualized our affection and has made us venerate and love as God, him whom, on account of his absence, we see only in thought. This we learn in part from the example of the apostles who, while our Lord was personally present with them, seemed to judge of him in some measure in a human light, and in part from these words our Lord himself. It is expedient to you that I go. John 16:7. The imperfect affection with which they loved Christ Jesus when present had to be perfected by divine love and that by the coming of the Holy Ghost and therefore he immediately subjoins, if I go not, the paraclete will not come to you. Me again. So I had never thought of this until I read this in the catechism, but it says right here, were Christ the Lord still dwelling on earth, the contemplation of his human nature and his company would absorb all our thoughts and we should view the author of such blessings only as man. Notice that it's saying right there, it would be wonderful to see Christ on earth constantly for 2,000 years 
for us to see him as man, but the problem is we would only see him as man, where the ascension, knowing he's in heaven, reminds us constantly that he's not just man, but also God. Let's talk again about how profound it is that Christ took our humanity into heaven, not another species, our humanity into heaven. The Catechism just told us, listen to this again, quote, Believing that Christ as man ascended into heaven and placed our nature at the right hand of God the Father, we are animated with a strong hope that we as members shall also ascend there, end quote. So this is why, again, the most important thing you can do all day without being paranoid or scrupulous is to make sure you're in sanctifying grace. Of course, the Council of Trent tells us you can never be perfectly sure. There's a couple exceptions to that. But the best you can is to aim for that all day. So that if you die, you, as this small member of the body of Christ, can follow where Christ the head, the head of the church, has gone and already is interceding for you. And really, this can happen at any time that we are called to our eternal judgment. Um, I talked to a friend of mine in D.C. She got a knock at the door. She had to go over and um, do CPR on a neighbor. And he was seated when she pulled him off the couch and had to do CPR on him. This shows that uh, you can just be seated, eating pumpkin pie, as he had been doing right before that, and go into cardiac arrest. I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I just mean I've learned this as a paramedic. Uh, you can just die anywhere. And that's where... Um, he went to his judgment. I, I've been praying for him. I hope he's saved. But it really shows you can catch you off guard when you are called before uh, the tribunal of God. So we want to make sure we follow where the head is. Oh, and one more thing from the liturgy. This is the liturgy of the ascension. It says, He ascended not to distance himself from our lowly state, but that we, his members, might be confident of following where he, our head and founder, has gone before. You see, we're so connected to Christ through baptism and sanctifying grace if we're living in it that Christ as head of us is already in glory in heaven, and we just have to stay faithful that we can now hold this as a pledge to go where the head is, already interceding for the rest of the body to make it there. And this is again why I said the two bookends of Jesus' life is not his birth and his execution. The two, birth, the two bookends is the Annunciation and the Ascension. Annunciation, when divinity descends. Ascension, when humanity ascends. And so that's not just Christ's humanity, but mine. Why mine? Again, because amazingly, I'm the same species as the Blessed Virgin Mary. I, don't, I usually don't act like it, but I'm the same species as the Blessed Virgin Mary, and so are you. And she gave Christ his body and his genetics. You probably know this. St. Thomas Aquinas teaches every single different angel is a different species. But I'm the same species as Mary, and you're the same species as Mary. And Mary grew Jesus his own human body and her body, and that is one reason she has to be assumed into heaven too. So my, my humanity is already linked to them, which is why I really have to make sure I cooperate with grace in finishing the job of the, of the ascension, which is getting the entire body of Christ to heaven, not just the head, not just Christ the head, but the entire body of Christ to heaven. Now, of course, I'm not saying all the baptized will be saved. Many saints say not all the baptized will be saved. But we do want to come a lot closer to that goal of many more baptized being saved than we have been these last 70 years of very poor catechesis, of course. And the RCT again, this is the last paragraph today on the ascension benefiting the church and the individual. Besides, Christ thus enlarged his household on earth, that is, his church, which was to be governed by the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit. He left Peter, the prince of the apostles, as its chief pastor and supreme head upon earth, moreover he gave some apostles and some prophets and others some evangelists 
and other some pastors and doctors, see Ephesians 4, thus seated at the right hand of the Father, he continually bestows different, different gifts on different men. For as the apostle testifies, to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the giving of Christ, Ephesians 4. Finally, what we have already taught of the mystery of his death and resurrection, the faithful should deem not less true of his ascension. For although we owe our redemption and salvation to the passion of Christ, whose merits open heaven to the just, yet his ascension is not only proposed to us as a model, which teaches us to look on high and ascend and spirit into heaven, but it also imparts to us a divine virtue, which enables us to accomplish what it teaches. Me again, last section for today. Someone just starting to study the mystical body of Christ might be tempted to think there were three churches, the church in heaven and the church on earth and the church in purgatory, since the word church, ecclesia in Greek, means gathering. So why not say there's three gatherings, one in heaven, one in purgatory, and one on earth? But no, the Catholic Church teaches us there is only one church, modified by three different adjectives. We have the church militant on earth, the church suffering in purgatory, and the church triumphant in heaven. So notice we on earth already belong to the same church as the church triumphant. Only one church there. And so really what this means is that we are united as members of the body of Christ to both Christ the head in heaven by the ascension, but also united to all the souls of the saints who've gone before us and are in heaven. We are united to them all by Christ's incarnation, by Christ's gift of baptism, transmitting to us all the merits of his passion and resurrection, and even united to all his saints by the ascension as Jesus is drawing all things to himself already. And so this unbreakable bond between heaven and earth is why the Catechism says of the Ascension today, Christ thus enlarged his household on earth, that is his church, which was to be governed by the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And then a little bit later, thus seated at the right hand of the Father, he continually bestows different gifts on different men. Please say an hour, Father, for me at Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis, Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Santi, descendet super vos et maniet semper. Amen.